Welcome to Truth in the City, the podcast with pastors Anthony Kidd and Bobby Scott. They help pastor Community of Faith Bible Church in Southern California. Learn more about them and the church they serve at cfbcla.org. I'm your host, Say La, uh, Say Nothing, but my mama calls me Gerald. Well, gentlemen, here we are on the other side of easily a historic that's taking place with the Supreme Court now overturning Roe versus Wade. What were you guys' initial reaction when that happened? Yeah, well, it's good to be here, brother. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks for pulling us together so we can have this conversation. And let me just say, I mean, shock. You know, I, I think we got a little glimpse because I forget when it was a month and a half ago when the, um, the report kind of got leaked out. Uh, I think it was uh, Alito's kind of opinion, but it wasn't for certain that this was yeah. going to happen or when it was going to happen. But I knew something was. Yeah, you happen. knew it was coming, right? Because we, they were like, "This has never happened in yeah. the history right. of the court of something like this leaking yeah. before mm-hmm. right. a yeah. decision is being made." So right. I knew it was something, but yeah, yeah then yeah. I walked away like, "Well, whatever. yeah." Well, for me, yeah. I, I just I, I had woke up in the morning, kind of my normal routine, you know. I had my cup of coffee, or whatever, and I, yeah. I flipped on. I actually flipped on the TV to watch my little sports network. I was yeah. trying to get caught up on yeah. sports, yeah. right? Yeah. And every single news channel, I mean, every single, not only news channel, but channel was like Roe v. Wade overturned. So there was just a sense of like, what? I sat there and just said, what? Yeah. Yeah. And said, wow. Yeah. You know, so the, the immediate kind of response was like, I can't believe this is happening. Mm-hmm. I can't believe this is How happening. How did that happen? How did that happen? You know, but then just a without even just kind of thinking through the implications or anything like that, I just said, praise God. Mm -hmm. I said, praise God. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about what uh, the significance of this, you know, was in terms of since 1973, we were talking about this as we prepared for this, you know, the the conservative Mm -hmm. numbers are somewhere around 64.5 million babies Mm. have been slaughtered Mm. as a result of Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a fact, right? That that there are 65 million image bearers of God that were not protected, that did not come into the world as a result of Roe v. Wade. And now that's overturned. And for those of us that hold the Bible to be the word of God and we mm-hmm. believe that God creates souls and, and at the point of conception there is a life given by God mm-hmm. that should require our strongest protection. If we, if we hold to that, then how can you not say thank God? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of other conversations to have mm-hmm. you know, along the line, but at that level, mm-hmm. you know, I just said thank the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I I just um, have flown back to Virginia. Mm-hmm. You all know, with the uh, death of my sister, who uh, was diagnosed with terminal cancer March 10th, and the Lord promoted her to glory mm-hmm. uh, three months later. And so we just had a service, and I'm getting ready to drive an hour to the airport. So I had not looked at the news for mm-hmm. a week or looked at TV and. When Naomi and I were about to leave my mom's house, um, they had the TV on mm-hmm. and, the, and the news flash yeah. popped up and I just stood there. And it was, a, I don't know, I, I, let, me, let me exaggerate, an out-of-body experience. <laughs> I'm like, what? 
because I, I, I'm just so disorienting. Mm -hmm. I mean, because here it is, I'm not, I hadn't been tracking the news, I hadn't been thinking mm -hmm. about this at all, I've been yeah, just engrossed yeah, in just yeah, trying to think yeah. through the past of my sister and thank God that uh, she died well and the Lord just blessed her. Yeah. But you think about the Lord giving life and the cycle of life. I'm mm -hmm. thinking about how the Lord is just promoting my sister. She's experiencing eternal life in the presence of her king. Yeah. And then I hear this news how God, I can only explain this God, God intervenes in this moment in our nation's history and overturns Roe v. Wade. I was just stunned. And, you know, just, just as I hearing Anthony think, if I can describe where our nation is from another perspective, we are just a secular nation now. And yeah. we've all known that for a while. Absolutely. So for this to happen and at the height of our secularism, it just caught me off guard. It was stunning to me. And definitely, it just reminded me that my God is sovereign. Yeah, yeah. My initial reaction was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. This is unbelievable. But I did have a moment <laughs> of this. As much as this was a great um, feat, I was like, the timing is, ugh. Mm. And why did I think that? Because we just got over a lot of racial tension. Still there. Can't say got over it yeah. in the country, right? Yeah. Then we moved into a pandemic, right? right. Mm. Now we're moving into like a recession, right? Yeah. We, we, we kind of are moving in things where we kind of need each other. And yeah. kind of like we need to be working together. And yeah. I don't want an issue to come up that will divide us. We're but I'm going to tell you. We're the political <laughs> strife and divide too. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. So, but but yeah, those were my initial reactions because it's like you know this is a polarizing topic, right? Yeah. And one of the things that, and I was mentioning this earlier, one of the first things that popped up were um, some surprises of some professing believers hmm. to be upset about the, yeah. the decision. Yeah. And they had the opposite reaction you right. had past the kid right. <laughs> and expressed it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, it did make some of us scratch our head like, how can you come to this conclusion like this is something horrible right. Mm -hmm. right. uh, and profess right. knowing, knowing God? Like you said, these are image bearers. And I understand um, the, some of the pushback because, well, what if it's incest? Mm -hmm. It's one of the big ones. What if, yeah. you know, it's a result of rape. Right. I can understand those challenges, but at the same time, if a life is produced, who's who's speaking for that voice? Mm -hmm. Who's speaking for that life? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because what I'm hearing is is this is women's rights. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is our. This, you can't tell me what right. to do with my body. Right. Well, what can you tell? That body inside of you, who's gonna, who, yeah, who's gonna, who's gonna say, because they yeah. can't say anything at this point. Yeah. And so, I'm, as challenging as that is, and I know that that's one of the challenges, how do you guys see us dealing yeah. with, with yeah. things like pushback no, like that? No, you, br you bring up such within. a, yeah, you bring up such a good point. And let me just back up a little bit and just say, and this is just, it, this is not even a, a political statement, right? Mm. Uh, and, and, and I would caution, even as Christians, for us not to frame our conversations around uh, political yeah. notions, Please. right? Like, oh man, this is a 
this is a wonderful victory for Republicans and it's yeah. a defeat for Democrats. And that may be the case for those who think in those categories, exactly. but we shouldn't be thinking in those categories. We exactly. should be thinking, as Pastor Bobby just said, this was a God thing, mm -hmm. that God and his sovereignty intervene mm -hmm. in his providence to bring mm -hmm. this about. So I, we want to be thinking about that and not necessarily political allegiances. But even, even the framing in a, in a context of a, of a biblical um, framework, Romans 13 says that government is a minister of God. Okay, mm -hmm. it clearly says that. So if you're a Bible-believing Christian, yep. you, you have to affirm that. The government and the authority is a derived authority given by God to government. Yep. And one of their primary responsibilities is to protect innocent life. Mm -hmm. right? that, 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 you can't argue yeah. that. This, this, yeah. this is one of its primary functions yeah. Yeah. is to protect innocent yeah. life. And so I think you want to start right there, even before you start talking mm -hmm. about the exceptions about, you know, abortions for incest and mm -hmm. abortions for rape. And what do you do for medical emergencies when the yep. life of the mother mm -hmm. is yep. at stake, you know, ectopic pregnancies or miscarriages, yep. DNCs or DRNCs, all those kinds of things. You want to start with, let's understand that government's role is to protect life. Yeah. And as we were talking about earlier, the discussion about whether or not mm. it's life in a, in a woman's room, that discussion is over, it's right? I, I, with, with, with few exceptions, most everybody, secular and religious, affirm that that's a life, right, that's in that womb. And you, you've seen, and particularly with the, uh, with the uh, development of these, uh, I call them like um, ultrasound on steroids, yep. these 3D ultrasounds. Yes. I mean, you see in the babies, they yep. have, you know, I think it's at like seven weeks fingerprints and all kind of things. And so nobody's arguing anymore that that's nope. not a baby, nope. right? And so if the argument isn't about the fact that it's a life and government's role is to protect innocent life, mm -hmm. Who is it that is the most vulnerable and innocent among us? There you go. Other than a baby yeah. in a mother's womb, yep. right? And yep. if there's ever and should be ever a safe space mm -hmm. for an innocent child, an innocent baby, unborn though they may be, it ought to be in a mother's womb. And government then should not be passing laws mm -hmm. to give individuals, quote unquote, the right to take that life. Right. So I just would want to say that yeah. before we enter into the discussion you. about, you know, what do we do with the exceptions? It's a good conversation. We're going to have that. But mm -hmm. just. Yeah. 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 And I would add another layer to Anthony's point about just the government is a God ordained institution and it has responsibilities to God and to protect innocent life. The other institutions that God has created is family and God has also created the church. And when God creates the church, we have a responsibility to society. It is the gospel, it's to share the good news. God has a message, we're his heroes. So our primary message is telling the world that um, we have turned away from our God and turned away from our God in rebellion, spiritually speaking, criminal, criminally. So we are spiritual criminals before just holy God. So we are under God's wrath, his judgment. Sure. And he sent the son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to reconcile us back to him at the, at the cost of paying the price for our sin, which is death. Jesus died in our place so that there's hope for us. God is a forgiving God. He's merciful. And for sinners who call out to God, we get reconciled to him. Then our mission is to go out and preach that. That's our first task. 
But our second task as Christians is to be light and salt. Mm. Um, God sends his people in the Old Testament, Israel, into Babylon and tells them to do good for your Babylon. Mm -hmm. And for us to do good, we need to love our neighbors well. That means I want to love a woman who's stuck in an unexpected pregnancy. We want to love a, a father who is stuck in an unexpected pregnancy. We want to love the baby. Mm -hmm. And particularly if we think about the baby, what do Christians, what's our responsibility as, a, as this, you know, um, institution of God, as, 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 this, um, as God's voice and God's people? Proverbs 31 says, speak up for those who have no voice, mm -hmm. for the justice of all who are deposed. Speak up. Judge righteously and defend the cause of the oppressed and needy. Mm. If there's anyone who doesn't have a voice, voice. it's the baby in the womb. Absolutely. And, we, and, we, and we need to have the conversation about, although we're assuming it, where life begins. And, and we need to have that conversation, and we will. But, but, but for the Christian, we have to make sure we want a government that does what's right. Mm -hmm. And we can, we're citizens of the government, so we can vote, we can pray, mm -hmm. we can have an influence on our government, but we're not, Jesus made this clear in John chapter 18 when he talked to Pilate, we're not um, a Christian, Christians don't form a Christian nation within other nations so we're a threat to that government. Mm -hmm. So we're not trying to force overrun governments mm -hmm. and stand in front of abortion clinics and blow them up. Mm -hmm. We, through, the, through love and truth, we want to influence our nation. And we know people disagree with us, so we want to speak the truth in love and trust our God to use truth in our prayers to bring about a change like we've seen. Yeah. yeah. It's, now, how do we lovingly share that practically, <laughs> like with our, let's just start with family members, our yeah. close friends, people that we're familiar with, yeah. who's, who profess to know the Lord, yeah. how can I, I mean, what you guys just said kind of ended answer it. But if you can break it down in bite size, what are the quick things you want to point someone to to try to get them to understand how horrible abortion is and kind of get them out of the media trap that we are um, assaulting yeah. women's rights? Mm -hmm. yeah. How do you... Yeah, no, I, 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 think some of those, I, I think some of the things that we already said, I, I think yeah. you, want to, you want to start with God's view. Okay. okay. It, what, what has happened, you know, since 1973 when, when Roe v. Wade was enacted, that there's just been a barrage of information mm -hmm. and, you know, a certain uh, perspective and even worldview that has just been pushed upon society and it's impacted the way a whole generation thinks about sure. abortion. Sure. And let's just be honest, the people of God haven't been immune to that, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so I think you want to start by having that conversation with somebody to say, you know, part of the way that you might be thinking about this and even acknowledge that we've been influenced by it as well too, sure. you know, sure. is that we've been hearing over and over and over and over this discussion taking out of the context of the baby and the baby's right to yeah. life mm -hmm. and is been framed all about the woman and her health and her freedom and her rights mm -hmm. right and I think you just got to take it back to say well what does God say what is God's perspective yeah. about children and, and Bobby read uh, the passage of Proverbs 31 here's a passage out of uh, Proverbs 24 11 that says deliver those who are being taken away to death mm -hmm. and those who are staggering to slaughter 
all hold them back. Mm. You know, the Bible in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, God's concern is about the innocent who are being, you know, yeah. mistreated and slaughtered. It is a monumental evil injustice. Yeah. Right. That, that's God's perspective of it. Yeah. I mean, the tender moments of Jesus in the gospel where, you know, the disciples are like, no, don't bring them kids. Jesus got other yeah. things to do. And Jesus is like, no, 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 man, bring them kids to me. Jesus yeah. loves children. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so I think we have to just reshape our focus to get the perspective of God mm-hmm. and in terms of what what how God views children. And, you know, without going too deep here. You know, you think about the Old Testament and, and the pagan nations and how part of the act of their worship was to offer their children to bail. Yeah. Right. They would take their yeah. kids and slaughter their kids and burn their kids alive. Right. As right. offering to pagan gods and how horrible that was and how God judged those nations there. Well, this isn't that far away from that. Absolutely. Right. I, I, it's just really interesting. I heard a guy. Uh, he, he was interviewing some ladies that were on Capitol Hill who were mm-hmm. arguing for, you know, uh, pro-choice. And he said this. He asked the lady, he mm-hmm. says, would you be in favor of killing a newborn baby? Say, just for mm-hmm. instance, the baby is, you know, two weeks old. And the lady was like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And then he says, well, the only difference between mm-hmm. that baby and the baby that's in the womb is eight inches. Mm-hmm. And what he was talking about just from coming down the birth mm-hmm. canal to outside of the womb, he says the difference between eight inches. Mm-hmm. And he asked the lady, would you still be in favor of killing the baby in the womb? And the, and the lady could not answer it. Yep. Right. Yep. And so you just have to realize that yeah. some of people's response it, is and I want to be kind here, yeah. but it's not logical. Yeah. A lot of it is emotional. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, it's not logical. Because mm-hmm. when you think about the logic, like that's a baby, mm-hmm. right, that just came down the birth canal, seven, eight inches, and mm-hmm. here it is, and you're saying that baby deserves a right to life. Mm-hmm. But you're saying this baby doesn't deserve a right to life because the mom doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. Hey, we just have to appeal compassionately but truthfully Truthfully. with people to help them to understand what God's view is on life that is given and then move our way from there you know so that's the starting point that that's not everything but that's the starting that's helpful helpful Bobby I would throw this to you now how do you if there's anything different how do you navigate that with an unbeliever someone Mm -hmm. who doesn't believe in your God Mm -hmm. doesn't believe in your Bible Mm-hmm. Plenty of that running around yeah. here, especially in Southern California. Yeah. Um, how do you kind of try to argue that? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, them seeing value in the baby. I think we really want to listen well to where people are struggling with the Christian position. And, and, and I think we, if we, as much as we can build common ground, I think we can. <clears throat> And I think as Christians, we 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 need to empathize with um, someone really feeling like they have no options and they're yeah. stuck. And so yeah. we want to listen empathetically. Yeah. We want to listen compassionately. And as we listen, um, we just have to speak the truth in love. And so I, we want the conversation mm-hmm. to be about things we're arguing about: justice. Okay. What is justice? Yeah. Um, who has rights? Yeah. Why do we have rights? Why does someone have a right to life? Why can't I just kill you? Why can't I kill him? Mm. And have people really think, I mean, we all have a worldview, which means there's a way we think about things 
We may not know where we got our perspective from, mm -hmm. but we all have a filter. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, we can't apologize for our filter. Yeah. Uh, and our filter is that there is a God and he is just and he's revealed to us as just ways. And that pretty much has influenced our nation right up to 1973 to say that abortion was wrong mm -hmm. up to 1973. That's right. And so for this 50 year period, we've changed that. And so I would want to say this is the framework that influenced our nation to think that abortion was wrong. There's a key passage in the Bible in Exodus chapter 21, and it speaks of, and the whole context here is talking about situations that will lead to capital punishment, mm -hmm. and it gives the key passage for Christians uh, as we think about abortion as a matter of justice. That was Exodus. Exodus chapter 21. Mm -hmm. Verses 22 through 27. So we're talking about matters of justice in the court of law. How should a court of law deal with um, an abortion? And this is a parallel situation. It's not talking directly about abortion, but it talks about a baby in a mother's womb and what happens if it's killed. And so it says, and I'll read it. I'm reading out of a Christian standard version. When men get in a fight and hit a pregnant woman, so that her children are born prematurely. So literally, there are men fighting, and as a result of them hitting her accidentally, the baby comes out. That's a literal translation. Prematurely here is uh, the, the translation, but the baby comes out. Then it says, there is no injury to the baby. The one who hit her must be fined as the woman's husband demands from him, and he must pay according to judicial assessment. If there is injury, though, they fight, they hit the woman, the baby comes out, the baby's injured, justice says this, then you must give a life for life. So if the baby dies, this turns into a capital punishment because God views the baby in the womb's life is just as important as the, a child outside the womb. Yeah. And there's life inside the womb because God creates life. We don't create life. Yeah. We are means that God uses. Mm. So to say that a woman to say that this is my body, well, there's 23 chromosomes from a man mm. is joined together with the egg. So the zygote is not just you. It's not just the father. It's a new person. Mm. And all of the information that makes that person that person is there. God creates us according to kinds. Mm. So... A, 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 a dog embryo, if I call call it that, <clears throat> mm. is always a dog. Yeah. Uh, the human embryo is always a human at a different stage of its development. Yeah. So it's not just her. And what this text says, if that life inside the womb ends, and that's what abortion always is, it ends a life. A heartbeat is going to stop. Mm. Growth stops. And so if, as a result of these men fighting, that life inside the womb stops. God calls that murder. Yeah. So I just want, no, I'm not going to put people in a headlock. I want mm -hmm. people to know that we're not hating women. Mm -hmm. We're not irrational. We love justice. And our justice is informed by the Bible. And our justice has been historically rooted in this country up until 1973. And so the question is this for that person. Was Roe v. Wade right? Was that a just decision? Mm -hmm. And what, what, what predicated 
the, that ruling, we can look into that. Yeah, that, yeah. that's good. And that's yeah, helpful. no, the interesting thing about that, too, is that we, we, we have laws, even not just the ancient law in Exodus, but we have laws on the book today that if, say, for instance, a pregnant woman is walking across the street and gets hit by a car and both the woman and the baby yes. dies. Right. It's dumb. It's double, double. homicide. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the law recognizes that you just didn't kill the lady, but you killed yeah. the, the baby in the woman's womb as well, too. And the reality that it is a life isn't predicated upon whether or not the woman and or the father of the baby wants it. Right. Yeah. Wanting a life doesn't qualify the reality of the life. Mm -hmm. And that's a conversation we need to have. So we say unwanted pregnancy. So therefore, I have the right that does not change the reality of the of the life. And so, again, as Pastor Bobby just said, this is not necessarily a conversation about, you know, hating women and trying to take anything. This is a conversation about championing justice for unborn babies. Mm -hmm. Right. That's really how the conversation should be framed and understood. So if you're having a conversation with either believer or non-believer, we just have to go there. They may not agree, but we have to go there. And then I think as you go there, and this is the thing that I'll say too, always remember when we're having a conversation with unbelievers, the law of God is written on the unbeliever's heart as well. So Romans mm-hmm. chapter two says, right? So you're appealing to an image bearer that has something of God's law on their heart, right? We all know that murder is wrong, mm-hmm. right? So even in pagan nations, right? You just can't go around killing people, right? There, mm-hmm. There's, there's, a, there's a, the, the natural law tells us that it is wrong to take an, uh, somebody else's life, right? Mm-hmm. And so we just have to appeal to that and bring that conversation over to this situation of the unborn baby, that to take that life is wrong. So in the same way, so I, I, you know, and again, lovingly, I might just have this, I asked this question that if a person has a baby and they no longer want that child, right? And that happens sometimes. If people don't longer want their child, would it be okay for them to kill that child? Mm. And and mm-hmm. nobody would say it would be okay. Yeah. Everybody would say, oh, absolutely. You can't like maybe put them up for a doc, whatever. Mm-hmm. Nobody would say that. And then the question is, okay, logically speaking, that if it's life, then what gives you the right because you don't want it when it's in your womb? that you think you have the right to take that life as well. Yeah. Let me just take this, what Anthony just said in the conversation we're having about what unbelievers know and what Christians know, and just just try to give an illustration to make it like, yeah, of course. Right. Mm-hmm. That what Christians are saying is not from some alien planet and we're this extreme argument that we're trying to make and how dare, how could you say that about like this woman can't do what she wants with her own body. Mm-hmm. In, in Luke's gospel, or in the gospels, when um, Mary is pregnant and her and, and Elizabeth comes up to her mm-hmm. and the baby leaps in her womb <laughs> and Elizabeth starts talking about like the, her, the, the child in her womb is my Lord. She's talking about yeah. what's in Mary's womb as if it's a child, a person. Mm-hmm. What unbeliever goes to baby shower? Oh, there's a blob inside of you. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, when you see a pregnant woman, oh, is it a boy or a girl? Or mm-hmm. we all know yeah. mm-hmm. that there's a life there, and we we change the conversation as a nation when it comes to like abortion. Yeah. yeah. But in every other circumstance, mm-hmm. what unbeliever hasn't gone to a baby shower with a gift mm-hmm. <laughs> to celebrate the life? Or you see someone, you get excited about the life that's yeah. in the womb, mm-hmm. and and that's just that's I think that would argue to the fact that there's not, there's simply not rational, there's something spiritual going on here. 
And I would encourage my unbelievers to think about the fact that the Bible calls our enemy Satan, he is a murderer. He's a murderer from the beginning. Yeah. God gives life, he wants to end life. And I think we need to think carefully yeah. about the spiritual dynamics of what's influencing our conversations when it comes to abortion. Now, uh, uh, one of the challenging issues that, that come up, and I just wanna hear from you guys uh, as pastors, um, I know this, this topic has come up probably amongst pastors as, as well, is the issue of when it becomes an issue of the mother's life being in jeopardy. Yeah. as a result of some kind of medical condition mm-hmm. the all the physicians are are saying that at this point unfortunately we think it's best for you to terminate this pregnancy mm-hmm. to save your life mm-hmm. how do you counsel and navigate yes. through that difficulty yes. with all yes everything that's been said we get it yeah. but this situation. Yes. How is that? And let, let me speak in, in, in two ways, just from a uh, pastor's perspective and, and, and even just from a legal perspective. Sure. Mm-hmm. Prior to Roe v. Wade, when abortion was illegal, most states, if not all states, and mm-hmm. I could be checked on this, had provisions in the yeah. law to for abortions sure. when the life of the mother was at stake. I've heard And that. my understanding is even now mm-hmm. in those states where abortion will be illegal, mm-hmm. there will be exceptions sure. for the life of the mother. Mm-hmm. So I, I've heard some people say like, well, that means that, mm-hmm. you know, the mother's just gonna die and you know, whether it's an ectopic pregnancy or something along those lines. I, 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 and, and I would even say, and, I could, and I'm happy to be corrected here, I would even want to come up with a different word mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. When it comes to medical emergencies, right? Mm-hmm. And again, just to, to, to um, piggyback on what Pastor Bobby said, God is about life. And so mm-hmm. when you have an emergency situation sure. where the life of the mother is at stake, sure. right? I don't think it's morally wrong. Sure. Then for, you know, with prayer mm-hmm. and your family and, and medical expertise to have to make that hard decision. And man, yeah. that would be a hard decision, Absolutely. right? And, and I know people, sure. I know ladies, I know families that have to make that hard decision to sure. terminate a pregnancy sure. for the welfare of, of the mother. Now, when we say health of the mother, and here's another thing, because I, I do think mm-hmm. one of the things even back in, in Roe v. Wade, if you, if you dig down into it, the conversation that led to Roe v. Wade was because of the health of the mother, but they expanded health from medical health to emotional health and psychological health. Yeah. So when we're talking about now, what I want to talk about where I think it's, it, it, it's, it's not abortion in the sense of taking innocent human life, we're talking about medical health. Of the, in other words, that if this pregnancy continues, mom is going to die. Mm-hmm. Right. Not just, you know, mm-hmm. mom is psychologically or emotionally mm-hmm. going to be upset. So I think in that case, I think, uh, you know, each person, each couple, each family, along with their um, doctors can make that choice. And I don't believe that that should be put in the category mm-hmm. of abortion as we understand it in terms of taking of an innocent life. Yeah. yeah. In the Bible, in terms of murder, it is it, it's, it's nuanced. And so. We have the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5, thou shalt not murder. And then it tells me in Romans 13 that God has given the government a sword. I just read you a passage in Exodus 21. If a baby's life is ended, then God requires a life for life. So God has given the government uh, the authority 
to use now as a controversial yeah, conversation, right. uh, you know, capital punishment sure. for extreme evils that have been done. God has given the government armies so that they can be such yeah. a thing. When you read through the Old Testament, a just war. There, all wars aren't just, but there are just wars. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone breaks into someone's house and is trying to kill a family, mm-hmm. we've seen people coming to churches with guns and mm-hmm. their lives end up getting taken. Mm-hmm. So that God gives people the right to defend themselves when their life is threatened, to take the life even. Yeah. So the Bible doesn't just say, without qualifying it, mm-hmm. that the ending of a life is all the same in every situation. Right. It, it actually gives, under certain circumstances, a government. Mm-hmm. It gives you chances to protect yourself and you can end a life under certain circumstances. And there's no evil done there in those situations. Mm-hmm. And so if we're in a situation where, morally speaking, the mother as it, for, all, for all we understand, will die through this pregnancy, and there's a baby there, and you can't save both lives, yeah. then God doesn't judge us if there's goods that we can't do. Do the good that you can do. Mm-hmm. And that would be a hard decision sure. for that family. Sure. And so I think the Bible gives clear room for right. Christians to know that um, a, a woman's life can be protected if the pregnancy is endangering the ending of her life. Yeah. Yeah. And so that 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 would even, you know, again, the the medical side and the pastoral side. So I'm glad Bobby just mentioned that. And so we would want to say to to women who have had that situation, you know, and we recognize that that uh, a percentage. And let me just say this, according to even the conservative numbers. It's a really small percentage mm-hmm. of the abortions that take place I was are that in that next. category yeah. uh, for the, the legitimate medical well-being of the mother. And yeah. so we would want to counsel yeah. any woman, Christian or non-Christian, that would come to us to say exactly what Pastor Bobby said, that, 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 that the greater good at this point is, is to save a life and to save the mother's life. And so, you know, we would even want to pause here and say to any woman mm-hmm. out there, that has been in that situation. And I just had a conversation, matter of fact, a couple of days ago of a, of a dear sister that, that reached out to me and uh, was really just thinking about a, a similar situation of mm-hmm. having what uh, a lot of ladies know about ectopic pregnancies is yeah. when the, the, the pregnancy happens outside of the fallopian tube. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible for the baby to, to survive in that case. And so you have to terminate the pregnancy. And, and it was a situation that she had gone through and she was just really broken and and uh, and we talked just about God's mercy and God's grace and how it, exactly what Pastor Bobby said that that mm-hmm. that God doesn't judge that as a moral evil mm-hmm. that God sees that and uh, the healing that can come from God's mercy and God's grace is offered to any woman that's been in that situation. And so I just say that to the ladies out there that might just have a sense of shame and a sense of mm-hmm. guilt to give that over to Jesus. That, and uh, it's, yeah. I mean, at, and at the core, it's it's a part of the brokenness of this world. The fallenness of our world. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's yeah. a part. No, that's not supposed to, to, to exactly. be that way. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's, and yeah, it's, that's hard, but... Yeah. It's a part of yeah. the fallen yeah. world we live in. Yeah. If I could give another illustration, I, in part of our fallen world and things we have to deal with. So when the Bible talks about an exodus, thou shalt not murder, it's not considering that as murder. murder. Yeah. So the ending of all life isn't murder. Yeah. Um, so this is my grandmother. She's driving her car. She's making a right-hand turn. There's a little boy there with his babysitter. Mm. 
and she's holding the little boy's hand, two-year-old's hand, his ball rolls into the street. He pulls away from the babysitter, jumps into the street to get his ball. Yeah. And my grandmother made the right-hand turn. Yeah. Yeah. Tragic, no criminal tra- tragic, tragic accident. Every way you can think of it. Yep. No criminal charges. Mm-hmm. It was a Christian family. And they reached out to comfort my grandmother. Wow. Wow. So yeah. we live in a fallen world and, mm-hmm. and God provides grace. And even for the, the woman who has had an abortion, even for the, the father of a child who, who forced his yeah. you know, mother of his child to have an abortion, there's mercy there. Yeah. Psalm 130 verse 4, there is forgiveness with God. Jesus died to pay the price for sin yeah. and God accepted it. Jesus on the cross says that the debt is paid. So when we recognize, even in a conversation like this, that I aborted my child and that was wrong, then we can cry out and find mercy with the merciful God because of what Jesus has done. Um, and so there, God's grace covers all these situations yeah. that we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, and I, and I wanted to bring it back too because you mentioned this earlier, so I don't, I don't want to sure. uh, uh, not address it because there are occasions, even when we talk about living in a broken and fallen world, and, and it's an evil. Uh, a world in a sense that individuals uh, do evil against other people. Sure. So when you start talking about an unwanted pregnancy as mm-hmm. a result of rape and incest, sure. and it happens, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. we would want to first just be compassionate. We would want to certainly show mercy and understanding as much as we can mm-hmm. to any woman. And, and very oftentimes this happens to young women, mm-hmm. right? The, mm-hmm. the incest and, and, and the rape. Uh, we would want to show compassion and we would want to weep with those who weep. And uh, but having said that, and this is just where I think we have to go, that individuals can intend evil against somebody and perpetrate horrible evil like incest and rape. But the child is still the child. Mm-hmm. Right. That, mm-hmm. that child is still an image bearer of God. Mm-hmm. That, 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 you know, I, I think of uh, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. good mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's not to be flippant to say that no. that particular woman or that young girl doesn't need counsel and care support. But mm-hmm. the baby, if I can put it this way, shouldn't be punished for the act of an evil man. Yeah. who did something like that. The evil man should be punished. And sure. we should be like, yes and amen for that. Yeah. But the baby is still a baby, right? And even the scriptures that talk about, you know, that the children shouldn't bear the sins of the parents, right? Mm-hmm. And so even in those hard, hard, hard cases, it doesn't change the reality that that child is still an image bearer of God and has the right for life to life and should be protected as well. That, that's very helpful. And now I want to say this. Now, what do we feel our responsibilities is along the lines of what now? Yeah. Um, what now on yeah. the other side of this? OK, this is a big victory. Our, one of the first things that I'm hearing is, OK, Christians, you, you guys ready to take care of all these babies <laughs> that's going to be here? That's going to be unwanted beyond that. What do you guys think some of the uh, responsibilities as believers now as we end our celebration and now move into this new reality? Yeah, I I always say that um, we should be known for our love. Mm -hmm. And and I think we do need to take a step back and look at Christians through this journey of trying to get to this place where Roe v. Wade would be overturned. And... um, 
And I want to make it clear to some of our listeners, everything that Christians have done in the name of the Christianity yeah, and to get to this yeah. pro-life yeah. Mm-hmm. hasn't been honoring to the king. There you go. Blowing up abortion clinics or the like. And uh, e- even every means doesn't justify the end, so to speak. So even, you know, um, I think our name and our, and our character is important in this. Yeah. So we can dismiss mm-hmm. people's character and align ourselves with characters who are ungodly and because of the greater good in the end I, I just think we need to thank God he's brought us to this point but I need to think we need to make sure that we are promoting Christ and seeking to glorify Christ and what we're saying and how we respond right now on social media to be petty that's childish and juvenile and, and, to, tack, and to tack people and I'm like let's just be humble please and let's be thankful mm-hmm. and let's empathize with people who are very afraid right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and very practically, I mean, in answer to your question, you said, that, you know, should Christians be ready to, to, to take these children? And the, and the answer is yes. 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 <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Yeah, full stop. And I'll, and I'll be honest, I mean, we were doing it before. Yeah. Yes. yes. Without this even being in sight. Yes. Yes. We, we were do- yes. I, I've yes. known, that's one thing about the Christian community, I think I've, I've seen be consistent in in a few generations, and yeah. that's caring for the the orphans yeah. and 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 adopting. Yeah, and and, and that's in. and that's always been the heartbeat. Yes. You know, not perfectly, but that's always been the heartbeat of the church. Yeah, right. When you start thinking about the hospitals and orphanages, orphanages yeah. and All you know, comes out pregnancy crisis centers. Yep. You know, Christians, for the most part, and, and I would say this, you know, Christians, as we would understand, biblical Christians, evangelical Christians, Protestants, but even those who share a similar, at least worldview in terms of Catholics and things, the, the people who have believed the Bible, not necessarily the same in theology, have been on the forefront yeah. of taking children in. You know what the, the challenge is, is because of what you just said a minute ago, that we're to remain humble, right? Yeah. So we're not out in the streets yes. celebrating, boasting about it. Yeah. So people don't see it don't though see it. Yeah. as much. But once you yeah. are in the Christian community, uh, oh man, it's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. You're yeah. like, oh yeah, it's most yeah. definitely yeah. in our fabric. But yeah, yeah. No. I've had the privilege of serving in the largest slum in Africa. Mm-hmm. I went there to, to preach and to encourage pastors there. Mm-hmm. And I was just taken aback. Traveling there, traveling from there, mm-hmm. uh, and the times I've been overseas, you can't go to the hardest places mm-hmm. and not see crosses and orphanages and yeah. you know hospitals right. and, and 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 whatever the sin is, mm-hmm. whatever the struggle has been to let a person there. When I say sin, I mean like um, yeah, I, Christians are just there trying mm-hmm. to help sin, mm-hmm. suffering. Uh, whatever it is, we've just seen Christians there and organizations started by Christians there trying to help and love people. Yeah. So like you said, we, yeah. we, we've got skin in the game. Yep. We may have to step up our game. Yeah, yes. yeah I, think we we yeah, I think we, we may. I think we may. We most definitely yeah. are going to. You, you bring something up like, you know, and we have to be careful because we don't want to go out there boasting no. about that. I, I was looking up some, some statistics about that. And I, th- I think even the conservative numbers are that, you know, Christians, you know, adopt two times the, the national average, right? And in terms of, uh, 
giving to the poor, you know, most as is recorded. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of giving that isn't recorded. Of course. But, but, but Christians or religious people give to the poor 75%, you know, mm -hmm. more than what the average person. So that it's, there's a lot of things happening out sure. there, like you said, that we don't toot our, to our horn about, you know, that, that, that it's being done, but it still needs to happen, you know. Sure. And just from sure. a very personal kind of way, as I think about just us, even as a local church, a sure. community, a faith Bible church, I've been thinking about as one of the pastors, okay, what can we do? Yeah, You know, it's one thing for yeah. us to have this podcast and mm -hmm. we talk about what can we do? So what happens when, a, when even a believer, a member of our church comes to us with an unwanted or, you know, unexpected pregnancy or sure. somebody just walks off the street? I mean, the first thing we want to do is have compassion. Yeah. We, we, we don't want yeah. to judge, we don't want to condemn, yeah. but we want to have compassion, sure. you know, and hopefully that compassion leads to hope. Yeah. That we can tell that person that your life is not over, that there is hope with God, there is hope with sure. the gospel, there sure. is hope without trying to force somebody to receive sure. Christ. We would want to offer gospel hope. Mm -hmm. And then very practically, we would want to try to offer help, yeah. you know, That's in terms what of what say. that looks like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and mm -hmm. every every case is different. Sure. So there's no one size that fits mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. But we would want to offer practical help if that means like us committing to helping somebody that might be impoverished to get the proper health care, mm. we would want to be open to say that sure. we're going to try to do our very best. Sure. That's, not a, that's not a blanket promise, sure. but we would certainly want to try to sure. do our very best and just walk yes. with that young lady or that young couple mm -hmm. as long as we can to help them bring this child into the world. And once they do that, not turn away from it and go, okay, you're out there on your own, yeah. but we want to serve them well. And then if I could just switch and say, to somebody that maybe has already had an abortion, and Bobby addressed that a little bit, it would be the same thing. It would be compassion, looking for hope, but then also offering healing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because th there's wounds there. I was having a conversation with my wife, Sherry, and she was just talking about how many ladies that she knows that have had mm -hmm. abortions sure. and some of the scars yeah. last yeah. for decades. I can imagine. Right, not mm -hmm. only just physically, sure. but also emotionally sure. and psychologically, sure. and even some spiritual struggles. And so we would want to offer the, the healing power of the Holy Spirit through the gospel and through the, mm -hmm. the scriptures and, and counsel ladies on how, as mm -hmm. Pastor Bobby said, that God is a forgiving God. He's a gracious God. He's a mm -hmm. loving father. Yeah. And there's nothing that we have done, no sin that we've committed that can't be covered by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we, we, we want to be in that space. And, and I'm calling not only myself, but other brothers and sisters who know the Lord to just lead with compassion and understanding. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, hopefully, and I, and I do think in the providence of God, he's calling the church to another level of care and concern for widows and for, for orphans. You know, as James says, that this is true and undefiled religion, mm -hmm. you know, that we care for the widows and the orphans and have a heart for them just like God has a heart for them. Yeah. Well, that's good. Anything you would want to add, Bobby, to that, to, you know, what, we should do now as far as practical things. I mean, he covered pretty, yeah. a lot, a lot right there. Yeah, but I, I anything would, else? Yeah, I would say that, uh, and we've said this, but praise the Lord that there are ministries that have been doing what they've been doing sure. to help uh, women who have unexpected pregnancies, unplanned for pregnancies, and fathers who are in that situation. They have been out there in the front lines fighting and helping, and we have relationships with some of those ministries. I, I was asked to be on the board of one for a while and I, and I couldn't, couldn't do it, but we have given to them. Sure. We can go and volunteer our time. Sure. Those ministries right now are gonna need all of our help. Yeah. So I would say for, for us, yeah. 
as a church, okay. and I would see other Christians find those pro-family, pro-life ministries mm -hmm. around you sure. and yeah. figure out how you can support them because they have resources that we could direct a young lady yeah. to or father to yeah. for counseling and help yeah. and medical help. Yeah. So sure. the, the, yeah. uh, the ministry I'm thinking of, they, there is a women's clinic and they will do everything. You know the name of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Claris and it's right, it's just a few miles from us right yeah. here in uh, Linwood. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Another organization that I was just watching, the, the uh, CEO of it on uh, yesterday, I was just so impressed by what they do in terms of reaching out to women, believer, non-believer, that, that that's not the issue, but just mm -hmm. women who are finding themselves in a kind of crisis pregnancy. Sure. It's care-net.com. Okay. And uh, wonderful organizations that, that, that have uh, pr uh, pregnancy crisis centers uh, around in different states sure. that uh, people can avail themselves to. So Good. we're just really helpful. Uh, you I'll, know, to, to I'll point tag those there. in the comments. You guys yeah. can see both of those yeah. ministries. I'll, yeah. I'll tag them there. Yeah, so and there's a lot them. to be said. You know, I you know I, I, I want to thank you, Gerald, for just bringing us together. And ho hopefully, this conversation has been helpful. I, I, I you know I'm, I'm thinking about this, and we, I know we don't want to go too long, no, but I, I want to pivot and and just drive it back to a place that maybe make some people feel uncomfortable. But but we want to serve people well by speaking the truth in love. Because if you press further back, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm speaking as a pastor who believes the Bible, sure. if, you, if, you, if you press people back, mm -hmm. and let's just be honest and let's just be real about what's going on here, mm -hmm. right? The whole debate, in my understanding, about abortion is really not about abortion. Mm. It's a conversation about sex yeah. at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a conversation about People wanting to have sex when they want to have sex without any moral yeah. consequences. Because I yeah. think if you bring up the numbers yep. of, of, like you were saying about the special conditions, like medical yeah. conditions or incest rape conditions, yeah. those yeah. numbers yep. versus it seemingly being used as contraceptive. Yes. Yeah. A big difference. Yeah, yeah. No, that, yeah. that's an understatement. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, even the conservative numbers. I mean, some say less than one or two percent are for incest and rape in the health of a mother. Some would put it at maybe five percent. So even if you take the large number, five percent, that would say that ninety-five percent of abortions that have taken place in, in our country are, are for convenience' sake, not a means of contraception. Which, which can, again, yeah. And you can hear it in the argument. Yes. Because that's. A lot of the argument of it's my body, yes, yeah, and what I want to do with my yes. destiny, yes, you know, and yes. I'm yes. in the middle of school right now. Yes, mm -hmm. this would change things, yes. and I should have a choice, yes, to, yeah, that's in your right, yeah. And, that's and, the and let me yeah. throw this: the, the, it, so in the Old Testament, you mentioned yeah. Anthony. Yeah. Uh, nations offering their children to Baal. Yeah. And you have to ask, why would they do that? Exactly. Because Baal is a god of agriculture. Yeah. And my life will be better, easy, more prosperous, they thought, if I can appease Baal, and I'm going to appease Baal through sacrificing mm. my child. Mm. It's not a direct argument, but obviously today people are saying, my life will be better. Mm -hmm. Economically, I have more freedoms that it'd be uh, yeah. if I sacrifice my yeah. child. Wow. Yeah. There's nothing new under this. Yeah. yeah. And, and the idea there is like you said, but I don't want to change my behavior. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, I, and I'm not here to be the bedroom police or no. anything like that. I, that, that. That's not my place. But, but the Bible is clear that yeah. when you violate 
God's good laws, mm-hmm. right? That sex, that sex is a good gift from God. Mm-hmm. It's not man's invention. It's God's design. Mm-hmm. We are sexual creatures, yep. but God has given the confines in which sex is to be enjoyed within the confine between the marriage between one man and one woman in the marriage bed. Yeah. And it, when you think about just the first chapter of, of Genesis, right? Mm-hmm. That he created the male and yes. female, and then he said, be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. And if we would yeah. follow that, then we wouldn't even be having this conversation, right? Sure. Children are yeah. a gift. The children God are chooses. a gift from Psalm the Lord, 127, right? To a sure. husband and a wife, but the further, that connection. the further then that we move outside the bounds of the Lord. And this is not like, oh, you know, you hear this argument sometimes. You Christians are just trying to impose your laws on society. You shouldn't try to do this. And I yeah. just say, come on, you guys, that's a red herring. Like, there are all kind of laws that come from a biblical worldview, right? We have laws against murder. We have laws against theft. We have all kind of laws that come from our biblical worldview, but nobody's complaining about that laws, but somehow or another, when it comes to this one, Christians, be quiet. You guys like, no, No. this is is what God said is a consequence of our sinful choices. And so we need to just come back to the reality that when we violate the law of God, that there are dire consequences, consequences to it. And so we get to a place, and I just want to be just honest here, we get to a place where we think it's absolutely, it's right and good, mm-hmm. right, for a woman to choose to end the life of a baby that's in her womb. You ask yourself, how do you get there, yeah. right? And that's yeah. not a condemnation on women, right? Men join right in with that, of right? Of course. It's just, a. it's it's a, it's just a commentary on where a society can go mm-hmm. when it moves away yeah. from the word of God. And even as Romans 1 just says, right, mm-hmm. that we suppress the truth of God in ungodliness God and in, in unrighteousness and God gives us over. So it's part mm-hmm. of the judgment of God. So I would want to then say when we look at the overturn of Roe v. Wade, that it's a mercy from God. Yeah. It's a mercy from God. It, it, it's, it's, it's God reaching out to saying is that, 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 that I'm still here, mm-hmm. right? And I'm holding out mercy, right? And we want to hold out that same mercy in the gospel of mm-hmm. the Lord Jesus Christ. That it will not only just save lives in a woman's womb, but hopefully point us back toward the goodness of God's design for humanity, yeah. right? Which yeah. is one mm-hmm. man, one woman in mm-hmm. the context of marriage bearing children by God's grace, yeah. you know? And that, and I think as Christians, that, that's our message, yeah. right? We preach the gospel to get people to understand it, but that's our message, brother. Yeah. That's good, that's good. Yeah, I, I have one final thought, and it, it, it is that, and I, I really want people to listen carefully to what I'm about to say. If you're upset about what the Supreme Court has done, you do have to ask the question, is it right? And I'm looking at the ruling on January 22nd, 1973, with a 7-2 decision when the Supreme Court um, gave us federal legalized abortion. Uh, Judge Harry Blackman, he said this, he said, if this suggestion of personhood of the fetus is established the appellant's case, and the appellant's case in this argument is those arguing for abortion. Those arguing for abortion, of course, collapses. This is what he said in the ruling. If you can prove the personhood of the fetus, 
then arguments for abortion collapses for the fetus's right to life would then be guaranteed specifically by the amendment. Mm. The appellant conceded as much on re-argument. Those arguing for abortion conceded that. They were arguing that it's this, this, mm. this blob, this um, blob of tissue. Blob of tissue. Yeah. Yeah. And we all know, yeah. as Anthony said, we knew then actually, mm. but we all know now. And the Christian argument is not an argument against science at this point. Mm. Our, our argument yes. is saying that God formed Jeremiah in his mother's womb, Jeremiah mm -hmm. 1.5. And we have these 3D ultrasounds that show that and makes it obvious. What I would say to those really who are angry right now, I would say that you really have to answer the hard question. Is what's in the mother's womb a blob of tissue or is it a human at an early stage of development? that apart from you doing anything, it is going to keep growing and growing and growing. And as Anthony said, brainwaves, heartbeat, fingernails, I mean, fingerprints, the whole thing, mm -hmm. all that's there inside of a mother's womb, apart from us doing anything. anything. Yeah. And, uh, and then what it is on the inside, it comes out on the outside and God has given life in a mother's womb. And Judge Blackman said, if you can show that, then abortion should end. And we all know that to be the case now. There's a baby inside of every mother's womb. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Gentlemen, I think you've uh, answered a lot of our questions today. Uh, we know this conversation is going to continue yes. on. This is, you know, there's a lot of pushback. There's a lot of yeah. um, uh, demonstrations and things taking place right yeah. now in, in our city. But we we most definitely want to move forward being gracious absolutely we don't want to mm -hmm. you know we don't want any unsportsmanlike conduct <laughs> you know spiking no the football right. and the extra right. dancing at, <laughs> out there um but you know we most definitely want to speak the truth in love and 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 this is uh as difficult as this is again the bible has answers you know for us and how to you know navigate to this yeah. Yeah. so thank you guys for your yeah. time right. thanks for having us Gerald. appreciate it Thank you for listening to Truth in the City with Pastors Anthony Kidd and Bobby Scott. Learn more about them and the church they serve at cfbcla.org, a place where they're maturing disciples to make disciples. I'm your host, Selah. I'll say nothing, but my mama calls me Gerald. Join us next time on Truth in the City.